1: Well, it's been a week uh, to uh, rock the world in terms of sporting news. We've just uh, been hearing about Live Golf uh, joining ranks again with uh, the PGA Tour, which has uh, shocked a lot of people. Uh, But that uh, has also happened in the racing industry. Singapore Racing is shutting down. It's shutting its doors and doing so at a rapid pace with the last race to run in October next year. Uh, That is what uh, about 14, 15 months away. That is if they make it that far, with so many questions around speed and practicality of shutting down one of the most storied and established racing jurisdictions in Asia. Plenty of New Zealanders have passed through and made names and lives for themselves up there, none more prevalent than Stephen Gray, a top trainer back in his time with his father here in New Zealand, but one of the absolute best in the business in Singapore, with hundreds of winners and big races to his name. It's been good enough to take our call this morning. Uh, Stephen good morning to you thanks so much for your time uh, this is uh, a bit of a shock to us over here, um, what about yourself, uh, how much warning have you had of this?
0: Uh, well that's shocked shock to you it's, it's uh, devastating to us here, we had no no, no incline it was going on or any, any ideas a couple of rumours just a couple of few days before because a lot of us went to sales in the Gold Coast and we heard, heard a bit of stuff going on but I've heard that before you know it's just um prevalent in this part of the world so no it was a massive um, shock really still getting over it but, yeah have, have,
1: have you been able to talk to uh, um any fellow trainers other people in the industry and gauge um, their reaction
0: oh yeah no definitely we had a um a meeting yesterday of all the trainers um we all <coughs> met and um went around the room we know we have a good uh trainers committee here, um, and, and, uh, group. So we all sat down and went around the room and just had a bit of a chat. What's going forward, what's the best to do and what everyone was thinking of doing their ideas. And, um, we we're all adamant that, uh, we've been, um, wrongly done by, we've been, um, sort of lit up the wrong tree. You know, what, what, what's happened here, you know, through COVID, um, we were decimated. Okay. And, um, uh the the club management just weren't prepared for that. Like a lot of lot of businesses around the world, you know, a lot of country just it was just uh, devastating for us in respect that you know, we used to race twice a twice a week and uh, we had close to fifteen, fourteen hundred horses here which catered for that and um and shut us down for three months and then realised I've gotta race the horses and get going and then we were reduced to one one day a week with no crowds. But the problem is they had no bedding structures that people could bet, like in Australia or New Zealand, Hong Kong, and you had to come on course to bet or go to the betting centres, and um, um, it nearly sent them broke because they had to put the prize money up. You know, they pay incentives here to run. It, it, it's a great system, and that, that that put them in massive debt. And then um, coming out of COVID, um, you know, a lot of horses left. I, I went to Malaysia. A lot of them were, uh, moved on, etc. and... And we come to this point where we had to come out of COVID and start again. So it looked doom and gloom for everyone, and um, what was going to happen? But um, you know, management sort of um, enforced to us that it will go on, um, keep keep pushing on, support racing. It will get back to normal, and um, seem to be heading that way, you know. And uh, a lot of investment was going on. I, I myself personally at the time was looking at. Um, moving out because I just couldn't see it surviving but um, at the time we had a two um, children here. Uh, Katie was on the last year of um, school and doing, a, doing exams and James, our son was doing national service so in the army so we sort of were forced to stay with family and um, we stayed on and I'm trying to put a lot on in a few few minutes and then we were forced to stay on and which was fine to support them carried on and then the last 12 months um we've seen a s- significant amount of interest again investment and um, we were assured by the club that it was pushing on uh, dale brown was employed here and uh, to run the racing started to do a really good job and, and personally myself i started to think i said to bridget well we, we might be one pulled the right you know rain and stay on because we had significant interest again and started looking at buying horses and like all the trainers, I think the two-year-old sales proved that. And um, the feature races were all brought in at a, at a lesser prize money, but we were assured that they were going to go up this, next year. We were assured that um, prize money would go up. The incentives you know, for your starters and incentives was uh, increased again and it looked really, really good. So no, we had no idea at all. We... we, we you know, a lot, a lot, that's what was going around the room we've been absolutely bloody rorted and um, the big thing for now is what do we all do going forward, what do we do with the horses um, how long can we keep racing um, and what packages are we, our staff going to get because you know you have it's alright for the, for the government to step in and take the land back and that and the, and the Singapore Turf Club management to say well we've got 300 employees, they'll be well looked after uh, they'll be have uh, job creations, and they'll get um, uh, you know uh, packages. Um, uh, but what about our, you know, and in our internal staff? I think we worked it out. We've probably got close to seven hundred, and uh, we employ them. And what, what's going to happen to them, and what's going to happen to us? So it's it's a it's a big bloody bullshit thing, really, if you ask me.
1: Right. Okay. Um well, you've just outlined uh, just how big it is and uh, the consequences, basically, of that over there. Uh, I'm just about uh, also interested to know what do you think that might have impact on New Zealand bloodstock uh, industry for, in particular um, with the direction a lot of our horses go? Oh,
0: it's massive, massive for New Zealand because New Zealand is a place that we've had... in uh, the day, New Zealand breed probably the the best horses at value in the world, right? And, I, I you know, even the really Runs this year, we were quite active, you know. Um, uh, it's just massive for New Zealand land Club in Australia because if it was starting to pick up, and there's no reason why it couldn't have gone forward even more, you know. Um, yeah, it's significant, really, you know, because we don't sort of buy... The expensive horses. We don't compete with Hong Kong, but we're at the, around the bottom middle end, and that's massive for um, the pin hookers, you know, the breeders. You know, we we go there and we buy that, you know, up to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars horse, sometimes more, but that's the average. And I guess the people selling the nice horses, that's um, a massive loss, really.
2: No, you're bang on, Stephen. It's Louie here, mate. And you, you're so dead right about that lower middle market. And I, I saw a stat about how much bloodstock, not just at the uh, New Zealand bloodstock sales, but at all of the sales through Australasia that the Singapore uh, trainers had invested in. So, I mean, you, you're so right when you say you've been led down a path and kind of backstabbed a wee bit because you've just started investing again in your industry. And I, I guess, like, what happens to these horses? You raised the point before. We've just seen a report... Uh, by the RAB here about how they would potentially go about shutting down a greyhound industry in New Zealand who is on very thin ice. It is extensive. It's not an easy job to do to to shut down a a racing code. So what information were you given by the authorities about how they would ethically and sustainably do that?
0: Yeah, well, that's the interesting thing. That's what was at the meeting yesterday, you know. It's about... Packages for everyone, And what about the horses? You know, thing is, Louis, um, I don't know how w- w- what stage they get to. So we had a fifteen. We got called up and had uh, a late minute call up to go over there to their um, offices. Um, Irene Lynn walks and the CEO gives us fifteen minutes and tells you, from bottom of my heart, I'm sorry to give you the news. Racing's closing. What the friggin hell? You know, you got everyone's looking at each other. What? So so have you thought about this? Has the government thought about this when they land grab it, take it back? Have they thought about what they're going to do with all these horses? Because, you know, they come out with an idea that, yeah, they'll fly all the horses back um, or, or back to Australia or New Zealand, but what happens with them then? And, and reality is I rang IRT or, and said, uh, how many horses can you take in one hit out of here? And they said, I would take you about eight. Eight to ten we can only do in quarantine. So, so if, let's just say if there's 400 or 300 here need moving, because Malaysia can't take them all. Malaysia now, KL, Kuala Lumpur is about the only surviving jurisdiction racing up here, and um, they'll pick and choose now, but they can't take them all, all right? They're not big enough to take them all, so there's going to be a lot left. And there'll be some nice horses that can go out of here and race again, for sure. I have two or three really lovely horses that can go back to New Zealand or Australia and compete for sure, but so if you can only take eight at a time, that's a process and they're talking two years. Well what brainless friggin' idea is that to think that you can just shift horses like that. You know, and what will happen with a lot of trainers, a lot of the horses when they finish or get injured and that these owners here will just say you can have it. Well, who's gonna pay for them? you know, mm. they'll have to be shot. Wow. So you don't want to shoot nice horses, do you? Like, where in the world? Horses can be humanely put down, but I'm telling you now, there'll be a lot of pressure here um, you know, in that situation and um, animal welfare, and that's the biggest concern for trainers. Who's going to stay? In the, the day, I could leave tomorrow and move my horses around to some trainers and go back home and say, bugger it, I'm out of here. But when it's October, who's going to stay and look after them? gonna be paid for them, where can you work them? What are you gonna do? So so these people have made these decisions and you can't tell me our CEO did not know because I how can there's no way the government, the way they work here, are gonna go and just do that without talking to the to the to the club here. And 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 all you have in the government, you'll have some very bright young people that have no interest in race and no idea, make this decision thinking it'll happen in eighty months. Well, if it was going to close. I think that's, would say five years. You know, so in yeah. that five years period, you got three years. So you carry on, and people can decide what they want to do. And it probably would slowly wind down. You know, so it's just really, I it just doesn't seem. It's very cold. Very cold.
2: It 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 seems pretty ill conceived, really, and like. That's deeply concerning hearing your thoughts there around the animal welfare aspect Stephen and I kind of hope and assume that at some stage this has to be revised to be a more slowed down process I mean you know the people up there far better than any of us down here could you imagine a compromise or a semi back down to a point where you do get extended for half a decade say rather than 18 months?
0: No I don't think so I think we decided yesterday that it's over. Um, the government here don't step back um, you know reality is they're not going to change it that 's just the way it is, but it's really to me it's a club level. the club they represent us you can 't tell me that they didn't know about it now if they knew it didn't know about it, they should be putting their hands up in arms and saying this is not this is not right we we had We had emails sent to us within an hour of of the um um, the options, what they were going to try and give us, like they're going to give the owners $700 extra a month to be credited to the accounts, and options can fly your horses out when it's finished. So they knew. They knew. So they should be standing up and saying, This can't work. You can't do this. So you, you, you zero under to blame the government, but when you have civil servants and people in this government here, who's one of the best-run countries in the world. Let's be realistic. You know, this is one of the best places in the world to live if you can afford to. Um, there's no crime. Uh, there's no... Well, he was crying, but the, the jails don't make a business here, I tell you, all right? There's no bloody... Um, what do you call it? S- Smashing grads, what you're getting over there. You know, you murder someone here, you get hung. Simple as that. So it's the best-run country in the world in some ways, cleanest, safest country in the world. So the government do their thing. The club here are responsible. The other management, you can't tell me they didn't know what was going on. You can't. If they can sit there and we had no idea, well, now they should be getting up in arms and saying, well, we need five years. And really, they run a profit this year. It's talked to over 40 million profit. Well, two, a month ago, they gave all the working staff here a uh, three-month bonus and a 5% pay rise in the Singapore Turf Club, including, including our CEOs. So, what the hell? Stephen, the reality.
1: this has been your life. Uh, this has been your family's life. Uh, what uh, I know early days, but what now are uh, you possibly even considering? You're a, uh, you're a family man, but you're dedicated to the industry. What are you even thinking uh, yourself at this early stage?
0: Uh, what I'm thinking is to hang in here as long as I can for my staff for my clients. Um, I have some really nice horses that, you know, I have a couple of young horses I think could win a gold cup derby if I can and try and do that I'll try like to stay it's it's probably financially how long you can stay a lot of my owners have said they'll keep paying for their horses and I have some nice little horses running around or or pay on but what concerns me is around you in the environment who can stay on what will happen I reckon there could be less and less racing becomes a bit unviable you know so after that we 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 don't really know what we'll do um, I'd probably like to come home and train in partnership with Dad for a little while, that'd be quite nice to get a wind up with him or something like that, we could do that I'd probably just play around there and help spend a bit of time with the family and just chill out a bit and make a few decisions Then there's a few options out there but here's been our life, you know like 23 years and um, been here and we just thought we'd do our time here and come home and do a few horses and um, have some fun, you know, so still got a lot to offer um Bridge and I just don't really know yet we just
1: want to get through the next six months and then make a decision uh Stephen uh, we appreciate your time this morning. We can hear uh, in your voice and your comments uh, the level of disappointment and concern that you've got uh, for people as well as uh, horses over there so um, w- we sympathize with you uh, and again we thank you for your time and uh, hope that uh, things just uh, pan out a little can bit I better just say in the future one thing. and. Yep,
0: think, absolutely. Yeah, about all this, right. So we have no government input, and that's the problem, right? Now, what I'm seeing in New Zealand, I've, I've, I've waited a long time to see some change, right? It's taken too long. So if you have government support, like you're getting a bit in New Zealand, you've got to grab it and do it right. Because if it can happen here, it can happen in New Zealand too, right? And... Um, they're going to get behind the clubs. Going to get behind the government. Going to get the support. it's going to be changed, It's got to be done right. It's got to be managed right. If you get it right in New Zealand, you won't. And if you don't, you're going to have the same problem here. We can do with all the horses in New Zealand the racing club? Stephen
1: Gray, you know, thank you, you very much. Effect, Thank you. Yeah, it is a fact, you're right, and we're going through interesting times here with Entaine, et etc, so uh, we'll see what the end result of that is in due course, but uh, it won't be as dire as what you're facing, I hope. Stephen Gray, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate We appreciate your thoughts. Thank you.